Hello, I'm Elijah. And I'm Grayson. And this is Unreeled. Episode 5. Episode 5 already? We, I know. Second in the studio. Yeah, we're back. We're back in yeah. the studio. We're bigger than ever. Actually, walked in, it was the same setup. So mm-hmm. we have had um, regular over setup. the past couple weeks after the third one released, they were like, wow, the quality really went up. And I was like, just you wait. Just, just you, you wait. wait. Yeah. The third one was actually a miracle because we had three people on one couch. Yeah. And the fact that it sounded better was just because I figured out accidentally how to use a mic. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, we're in the studio again. In the studio again, we're going to talk about um, movies we watched this week, as always. Yeah, of course. Asteroid City. Asteroid City was And maybe our, maybe our top 10 movies of the year so far. Well, yeah, we hope you enjoy. Enjoy the episode. The episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, movies. Movies. Welcome, Welcome to... Episode five. Every I feel like every week for the past five weeks we've gone, you know, <laughs> movies. <laughs> to to kind of get into it. We need that. We need to like yeah, that's just the, say it. That's the mindset we have to be in. Yeah, we have to say it to kind of cinema. Yeah, to kind of synchronize with cinema and get into the medium. Mm. Let it wash over us. Mm. Mm. That way we can be conduits to speak its yeah. truth. <laughs> I got possessed by the spirit of cinema. Yeah, his eyes rolled back in his head. <laughs> he started saying Spielberg, Spielberg, Spielberg. <laughs> or was it Scorsese? I, I couldn't quite Tarantino, catch that. Tarantino, Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> that's something a demon right there. <laughs> there we go. Um, okay, so we watched a couple movies together this week. Um, we watched two last Wednesday. No, yeah, you didn't go to Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I worked. Okay, so last Wednesday we recorded this podcast, not this episode, obviously. Obviously. And I don't know, I could be like a time traveler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just finished the Mission Impossible series, actually. Yeah, actually. We will soon. Uh, we'll, either way, we probably should just double feature those. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah, because we have one. We have, episode, we have episode five. The fourth movie. Yeah. We can call five it episodes. And six. Sure. It's based on a TV series. Might as well. True. True. Yeah. Episode seven. Dead. So we got three movies to watch in the next two weeks. That's, yeah, that's doable. And they're all awesome. Like you will see, these are a step up in every way. Like all of them, um, they ju- they just go. You know what would be great is if instead of rotating a new like supporting cast in every movie, we just keep the same people. And they built that around Luther. And I think because they realized how well he played off of Luther, and Luther played off of him, and that rapport. So it's like, okay, yeah, let's go. They bring back some old players, some greatest hits, and it's just the rest is history. Sad to see it. Yeah, I won. I still got a lot to go because I don't know some of these people still. Oh, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. We're getting there. We're getting there. Mission Impossible. The the last three are just like a whole different series almost. Um, they're more similar to one than two and three, obviously. Okay. Um, yeah. Honestly, we're gonna watch Ghost Protocol today. We're gonna make it happen. We'll just do it. We'll just <laughs> okay. do it. If you have time. I, you have time. I have time. I'm have off time. today. Nothing's going on. I have time. I, I can find three hours to do homework between uh, a two-hour movie and midnight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was over. I will pack my bags immediately. Yeah. Leave. You're going to probably fall asleep. Yeah. Probably. Mission Impossible 3 we watched last week, and it was... Um, you know, for a long time, I've kind of bemoaned that movie because I saw it when I was younger and I just felt like it killed Mission Impossible and I just felt like it was just a boring action movie that didn't really do the Mission Impossible stuff. Mm-hmm. But 
I mean, I have to admit when I'm wrong. Rewatching it, I think JJ JJ was taking some risks there. You know, he had some fun with it, especially his casting. Philip Seymour Hoffman as the villain, amazing icon. The way that they twist and turn is is actually more similar to the first one than the second was. Yeah, you know, with like, oh, who actually did it? Oh, it was this guy. Wait, no, it was this guy. You know, no spoilers. I won't um, spoil it. I, I will like, spoil oh. one part. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's a part where he climbs up. The wall. He scales the wall of the Vatican. <laughs> <That's> on Twitter, <laughs> and, he, and we laughed so hard during this. He he lays. He like gets up there and he's like laying there. And he goes. He turns and looks straight into the camera. He says, "Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall," <laughs> and he never finishes the rhyme or anything. Like he goes down after. I thought he was gonna say Humpty Dumpty had a great fall or something. No. I thought they were gonna do no. something with that. No. It was just in the movie. He just he just broke the fourth wall to say Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall, and and he never breaks the fourth wall again. I don't I don't know why they did that. That was funny. It was a blast though. That, that was movie. a good movie. I had a good time with that one. That was a really oh, fun yeah. one. I'm really excited to watch Brad Bird's because I love Brad Bird. I think you you just watched The Incredibles, didn't you? Yeah, I watched that last night. Yeah. I needed like a nice little comfort rewatch. I was like, you know, I need something that I just can put on the background and just do some stuff and oh yeah i was like okay so i went to the pixar uh exhibit at the perot museum oh wow i didn't know that they had that there they have that yeah until september so you and katie should go i'm gonna go um kind of recent ones well it's not that bad. i mean we stay for three hours at the oh, museum yeah. so it's worth it oh, yeah. for how much you pay i love museums katie um, loves museums but they have a pixar a pixar exhibit and it was actually mm-hmm. pretty big bigger than i thought it was gonna be mm-hmm. and i was just like after going to that I'm like wow I want to watch a Pixar movie now. Yeah, you have to. And I was going to watch Luca, but I was like, no, I watched The Incredibles. I have, that's my hot take, is my favorite Pixar movies are The Incredibles and um, Monsters, Inc. in that order. And those are like two that people, I think they like, but I I don't, they're not as as beloved as like Toy Story, Nemo, you know. I think they are. I think they are. I think think that like, I think like the the core pillars of Pixar would be Mm -hmm. like, Toy Story, mm-hmm. The Incredibles, mm-hmm. Monsters, Inc., yeah, and Finding Nemo. I want to say so, but I feel like because Monsters, Inc. and The Incredibles both had kind of mid-tier sequels, they kind of just got brushed over, whereas the others kind of stayed alive or didn't get a sequel. Well, I feel like Finding Dory was better. also a mid-tier sequel. Which one? Finding Dory. True, but Nemo itself has been so, like timelessly last i feel like i've seen nemo more than like any movie ever yeah i used to have the dvd when i was a kid and it's just on like if you go anywhere it's on even now like you can go into any dentist's office it's on it's such a good movie though yeah well actually probably not a dentist's office that's That's kind of they're kind of the bad guys (laughs) (laughs) that movie maligns dentists yeah for no reason (laughs) it's it's like (laughs) imagine you're a dentist you're taking your kid to see it opening weekend you're like what is it going the year's 2002 (laughs) Yeah, I think it's when it came out. I don't know. Uh, is it 2002? That sounds about right. That's crazy. But like, also Pixar's got like Wally up because Wally is now in the Criterion Collection, which is so weird. What? Yeah, it is. It's the first Pixar. Wally's good, but I would. It, Wally's great. I will say Wally's great, and I three stars from Grayson. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I would give it like four and a half, four. Yeah, but back in back when they were hitting, every single Pixar was hitting, like. Wally was definitely not their best. I think it's their most, I guess, complex. Dealing with like, I'd put Ratatouille in there. I'm saying I'd put The Incredibles in there. The Incredibles is is the most 
complex like it's family the most adult it's the most adult, adult they had sure. like the kinky role play in the beginning then they had the suicide attempt with the word suicide yeah and it has the the anyone does about a blow job yeah and i was like what the they have they have all this like it's a very 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 adult yeah it's themes about like responsibility and like you know family and things like that how do you cope with depression at a at a at a middle aged and settling down, like he's settled. It's about it's about the anxiety of settling down. I thought of you when I was watching it because of Holly Hunter. Oh. Every time she would talk, man, <laughs> I have a little <laughs> thing for Holly Hunter, and I don't know if it is or isn't. Inf- I, it's got to be influenced by that role. I have a thing for, for Helen Park. I've for got a thing for Helen Park. Good movie, good rewatch. I give it five Great stars. Rewatch. I was like watching it. I said, you know, mm-hmm. this is a five star movie. Oh yeah, I give it four and a half. Change to five star. You had given it four and a half? Yeah. That's awesome crazy. I, I feel like there's nothing to complain about with The Incredibles. Yeah. And no, the soundtrack? Oh. It's the best soundtrack oh, of all time. Damn. Of all time. I was doing this movie. one. Yeah. It kind of sounds it's like It's very it. similar. It's but very that similar. trumpet comes in. It's like you can't even recall it off the top of your head. Da-da, because da-da, it, da-da. Yeah. It gives you chills. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I love The Incredibles. Pixar just hits, man. I mean, it's it's a little sad. I mean, Elemental, I think, is getting more hate than it deserves. Um, but I will say that I think people are hitting Disney it before acquisitions. Yeah, Disney, they acquired Pixar, and then they kind of, for a long time, I was scared they were just going to turn it into just a churn-out movie mm-hmm. studio. That didn't happen until this year, actually last year. Um, they've had, what, two releases within... Well, I think, no, they actually have like four. But I think what happened is COVID killed it because Mm. Soul got put straight to streaming. Luca got put straight to Disney+. Plus. True. So, like, the only one that had it was in theaters. Last was Onward. I forgot about Onward. Onward That's Pixar? Yeah. That doesn't even look, that looks like Disney. And so there was Onward and then, like, Soul and, like, Luca. So they had movies Mm -hmm. come out, Mm -hmm. but they just went straight to Disney+. Plus. Where they got, like, they did really good Mm -hmm. because the kids. But I was like, those are to be, like, watching Soul in cinemas would be fantastic. Soul's a great movie. I know. Even Luca. Luca is beautiful. I've heard Luca's amazing. Luca's gorgeous. It's seen funny. Luca. It's. I did cry. Um, I cried during Coco. I love Coco. Coco was another one that had. Recently. I mean, they, yeah. they're, they're throwing out hits. Just no one's watching yeah. them because of COVID. Kind of put like. And Kanto was that Disney or was that Pixar? That was Disney. That was Disney. Yeah. Okay, that was another big hit. Man, because yeah, Pixar did. They did Strange World. They did. That was Disney. No, Strange World was Pixar. That was Disney. Are you sure? I watched it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Disney Pixar, right? No, I think it's just regular Disney. I'm looking. I Go don't ahead, believe. Pull it up. Pull it up. Strange World. <laughs> that, that trailer was really good. Oh, it's not like it doesn't say on Letterboxd if it's Pixar or Disney. <laughs> um, <laughs> you've been you've been oh, conditioned. No, Walt Disney Pictures, Walt Disney Animation Studios. Okay. Well, mm-hmm, well okay. what else did Pixar have come out recently? They're doing Inside Out two. Are Pixar, they? Why? Pixar animation because because I think that um, Inside yeah, Out good. almost got like a billion dollars to the box office. Yeah, I, I saw it, was it like nine, twice. Nine hundred thousand. It was really close. Yeah, I saw it twice when it came out in theaters. <clears throat> wow. Sort by newest first done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. Well, Carl's Day. That's a short. I thought it was really cute though. I did think it was cute. It felt People. a little. I feel like I'm gonna be honest. I feel like it hasn't aged as well. The um, what up? The the sense of humor of up. 
in the like, you know, like That's the fair. way that Doug played off of him was very like light year. Yeah. Wasn't the one that came out last year? Light year. And turning red. That turning was really red. good. I didn't see turning red. That was really good. You got to watch that one. That was super yeah. cute. Lightyear, I, I still have beef with, just not because of any reasons, political, whatever. That is crazy to me. I'm progressive. Uh, <laughs> it, that's so frustrating to me that that was what people had a problem with because Lightyear was actually a good movie. Yeah. Okay. But I have beef with it because it shouldn't have been a Buzz Lightyear movie. Mm-hmm. It should have just been a fun little space romp with a lot of heart, you know? I don't know. It felt like someone wrote a really fun little story, and Pixar or Disney was like, you know, we'll make this, but it has to be within our IP rather than taking a risk on something new. That's fair. And that was a little heartbreaking. But, yeah, so that's Pixar. You watched The Incredibles. I did. I was looking at, I was looking at Pixar stuff, and I, was re- I clicked on Elemental on accident, and I was like, oh, look at it. It was inspired by Moonstruck and Amelie. Really? Yeah. I kind of want to watch this Moonstruck, now. Amelie. That's and guess who's coming to dinner? But I love Moonstruck, as we know. We're yeah. big Moonstruck fans. Big share heads in this house. Yeah. And Amelie, I, I watched in the film And I like Amelie. I haven't seen Amelie. But the director is... Um, is he the guy that did City of Lost Children? Uh, I don't... And Alien Resurrection? Am I crazy? In the resurrection, yes, yes, he did both of those. Yes, yes. Okay, awesome. I love, I love City of Lost <coughs> Children and Alien Resurrection. Both Jean Piaget, and he's such a weird guy. I can't. I have no, no part of me understands. Not an ounce of me understands why they got him to do the fourth Alien movie. Don't know why. I don't know. Yes, that's the weirdest. <laughs> Jack Rucker doesn't. Really that's the weirdest. <laughs> Amelie and Alien. Yeah, they were like, oh, you know who should do the next Alien movie. This weird little French guy who like makes like weird like quirky. This is before Amelie. Is it before Amelie? It was after it's City of Lost, Lost Children. Before Amelie. Well, if you, I guess well, you know what the trilogy. Is City of Lost Children <laughs> has some really interesting like stuff that could have vibed with Geiger or like Jodorowsky or something like that. Like like for that, it kind of falls into that realm. Mm-hmm. So I could see that there's a vision there. But if you already have an established aesthetic. I feel like there's just no reason to, and that's how you get like Ripley, you know, shooting a basketball to hit a button to like, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's so goofy. I love that movie. Um, I understand a long time. I, Katie and I started a journey. I'll talk about two movies a little, it's not a double feature. We watched them spaced out, but the Twilight Saga, mm-hmm. um, we had already watched the first one about a year ago and we were supposed to watch it through and I've just been putting it off. <laughs> so I've been making good on my promise. We watched <laughs> two this week, New Moon and Eclipse. Your poster threw me off. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. So, my poster on Letterboxd is Alpha Alpha Edition and it's the TikTok like wolf filter. It's awesome. <laughs> but, um, and then my New Moon poster is uh, uh, Edward with his shirt off, just standing there. Uh, it's awesome. But both movies are just so mid. I enjoyed both. They're both like low rating with a heart. Um, Eclipse is definitely the worst in the series. That shit that was one. hard. That's the one directed by David Slade, which is so weird. Not, it's the, it's, it, no one remembers it because nothing like important happens. They, something important happens. They recast Victoria from someone who I don't know her name to Bryce Dallas Howard and is that that's the fourth cool. one 
Uh, it's the third. I've never seen any of them, so I don't. Know. Oh, okay. Well, then I know you're like, which one is that? You haven't yeah. seen them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, basically, uh, it undo it undoes all of the character work that was done in the previous one. Not that the previous one did good character work, but it undoes it and uh, and it sets up for the next one. And it's so cringy funny there's parts where people are like standing like they're like anime characters for no reason and going this is gonna be your last chance <laughs> it's awesome <laughs> like oh it's so funny and all week katie's been sending me like interviews of robert pattinson from during the twilight time and how yeah. much he hated that role and he'd just be like yeah i'm just so glad it's over <laughs> like, he's just honest about it i can only imagine i feel like those fan bases are toxic yeah yeah and also man, like, like fans and yeah, maybe that wasn't good because Robert Pattinson's a great actor. He's a great actor, great actor, and, and a lot of good know. stuff. And Christian Stewart, great actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, really good actor. And you would never know. Um, it's funny though because she's playing such a butch role in this. Like she's such like her character. All the chemistry feels so forced, just because she is the most lesbian person alive. A most lot lesbian of, person. Yeah. Um, so those were fun. Did you watch another movie? Um, what did I watch this week? I watched a few actually. I say this one I, I really I do want to get into, but um, some minor watches after Asteroid City, mm. which we'll get into. I watched Graveyard Shift, a Stephen King one about the giant rats. It did they do that in the Mortuary Collection? Yes. Is that the one? Or is it a different adaptation? This is a different. This is from the eight nineties. Not the mortuary. You know what I'm talking about? The cabinet of curiosities. Oh, no, it's different. That's a different take. Graveyard. Oh, I'm thinking graveyard rats. Rats. Yeah. Okay. I see. You get this confused. Oh, They're very weird. similar. Okay. I didn't love graveyard rats. Was graveyard shift cool? It was okay. I, <laughs> I did fall asleep a little bit, mm. but um, it's an interesting movie. Interesting movie. That one was interesting, and then I watched another one called Phantom Boy. Phantom Boy. It was on that Criterion. Cool. Uh, it's originally it's originally a French animation, but they did. I watched the American version because I was like doing laundry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like an animated movie. It's about like a boy who can leave his body and can oh cool become a ghost. Wow, I he like this cancer. art style. It's really it's a really gorgeous film. Oh, it's by. I was like, this looks similar to something I've seen before. It's a cat in Paris. Oh, the same animators. They're the same directors. Yeah, I like the style. I really do like that style. It was a really a good style. It also it. kind of casually reminds me of Secret of the Kells, if you've seen that. It's a cool have. one. It's very Scottish. Or is it Irish? Secret of the Kells. But it's even Criterion this month. So I was like, oh, oh well, I'll go watch it. I, like, I want to watch it. It is 82 minutes. Nice little easy breezy. Cover girl? <laughs> easy breezy. <laughs> easy breezy phantom boy. Easy breezy phantom boy. That's awesome. That was good. I um, it was cute. I liked it. I okay. So I watched. Hmm. I'm trying to think which one to say next. I'll I'll go with the short films. Um, list them off. Do what? So list them off. Yeah. There's a movie called Scaffold and a movie called Cutaway. I say movie. There's a short film called Scaffold and a short <laughs> film called Cutaway. Yeah. And both are by the director Kazik Radwanski. I hope I'm saying that right. He is uh, 
an indie film director mm-hmm. and I haven't seen his feature length films but he actually followed me on Twitter and I was like oh I'll check this out so I went on Criterion and watched what was available there and what's really interesting is that the the primary kind of I don't want to use the word gimmick like the novelty you mm-hmm. know but I don't use that in like a bad way yeah is that it if you want to do more with less you can kind of like attach a specific like nuanced novelty to it right and what he does is where it's only hands like you don't see faces and it tells these like very emotional stories with only hands and they're usually doing like construction like blue collar labor there's a lot of like external like subtext about like immigration and community and feeling like you're part of how, how do you feel like you're ingrained in a community if you're working on it building that that sort of thing okay it's very interesting um and I see it. I, re- I really enjoyed them, actually. They're short. Uh, the first one, Cutaway, is about six minutes. Scaffold is like 15. And I, I really recommend it. Oh, you know, I did see you watch it. Because I was like, yeah. what the heck is... <laughs> yeah, I think like, I think everyone should check these out. Cause they're, I, I love they're a good short, short film. I know. Short films, I'm always like, why am I not what, making What else has right this now? guy done? Could Kazakh Radwanski. He did... Um, a movie called Anne at 13,000 Feet. And that's his most popular... And I want to check it out. It's uh, people talk about it's about mental illness and stuff. Oh, the girl's in Possessor. Oh, is she the main girl from Possessor? No, that's no. Andrew Riseborough. Oh yeah, yeah. But the guy Matt Johnson, who is in this movie, was in Blackberry. He wrote and directed that. Wow, what a director! Yeah. No way. Yeah. He, I think he wrote it. <laughs> it's the worst picture they could find of him. I know. well, he just looks like that. So don't hate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he always has that bandana on. That, but that's why that's he's so choice. funny in Blackberry. Is because it, it always does this I like zoom pan to him, like doing that face, just like his lips slightly <laughs> pursed, just <laughs> little Zoolanderish. Yeah, I remember it's seeing awesome. him in the movie because I remember that that guy. Yeah, he's awesome. He and he wins in Blackberry. Spoiler alert. Well, yeah, the what the hell? I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, we can go into movies we both saw. I have one more movie I want to talk about. Oh, okay. One I more. also have one more. Yeah. Okay. So, this movie I've been wanting to see for a long time. It's been what? watched this. What? Um, I'm just going to read you the synopsis. And oh, just, my goodness. Just, it's just... What the hell just, did you watch? It's probably one of my favorite things that I've watched, I think, this year. Whoa. Um, I loved it. Okay. I loved it. You didn't tell me about it until right now? You saved it for the pod? I put it in the group chat. Oh. I think you were asleep, though. I was probably asleep. You are probably asleep. I've been sleepy. He's sleepy a lot. <clears throat> so it's called Chekhov in Contemporary Argentina. Mecha and Greg, uh, Gregorio are at their rundown country place near La Cienega with their teenage children. It's hot. The adults drink constantly. Mecha cuts herself, endangering a trip in the hospital and a visit from her son, Jose. A cousin, Thali, brings her children. The kids are on their own, sunbathing by the filthy pool, dancing in town, running in the hills with shotguns, driving cars without licenses. One of the teen girls loves Isabel, a family servant, constantly accused of stealing. A mother and son, son and sisters, Tina and Isabel, are, are in each other's beds and bedrooms with creepy intimacy, with no adult paying attention who's at risk. That sounds interesting. The movie is La Cienega by uh, Argentinian director Lucrecia Martel. La I have been I've always I've always seen this poster everywhere I've always seen um the, I've seen the name on like a couple of lists every now and then but like is it is it when was it made 
2001. Okay, so it's kind of a classic. It's like, yeah, contemporary, cool. Argentini, like Argentini. 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 <laughs> Argentini. Argentinian <laughs> new wave, contemporary, like the side of, of that. And like, um, I saw an article after, remember how the, the BFI releases their top 100 sight and sound polls yes. every 10 years? Yes. This has like been like a couple times where there's been like no like Latin directors. Really? At all. That's so crazy. Like no Guillermo, no... No Cuaron. No. Mm. That's crazy. And I feel like, I, I will say, I, I, I want to talk us up a little bit. I feel like we've seen more international films than most, like, especially Asian and Latin cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely have a big hole in, like, European cinema and a big yeah. viewing hole in, like, but I've seen some African cinema, too. I've seen a lot of foreign cinema, and, I, and you have too. Mm-hmm. And we talk about it a lot, and I, I think that that's a unique angle that we can bring to the pod is that like we can push these international films, you know what I mean, to, yeah. to yeah. audiences that normally wouldn't either know about them because I didn't even know about this, right? Like, but it sounds awesome. It's, it sounds it's, weird. It's like it's like a hundred. It's like a hundred and one minutes. It's on criteria. It's, it's, like, it's on the Criterion. Is it going to leave? On the, no. Oh, okay, good. It's in the collection. I bought the <sighs> I bought the Blu-ray, but it's also oh. on the app. Okay. Okay. So, so you, can it's on the it. you can stream it. Yeah. Um, and then I actually deep. I was deep diving because I couldn't stop thinking about this movie mm-hmm. and like the foreshadowing. Like it's it's weird because they're all family, but they it's the intimacy between everyone's weird. You don't that know what weird. day it is. You don't know who's who. The way the shots are like she does shots is like no one's ever in focus. Uh-huh. It's it's great. It's that's interesting. It's a great film. I loved it. Um, I like that. I like that. I'd recommend it to anybody. I'll have to check it out. Who appreciates film? I like it. Not just yeah. anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Not just who anybody. appreciates film. Um, but yeah, I think that this should we talk about more? It's not talked about enough mm-hmm. or ever, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really interesting too. That what you brought up about the sight and sound not having any Latin directors is so interesting to me. And I also I I, I don't know if it's I don't necessarily think it's like our fault, but like more of the the economy's fault, like the way that the the industry puts out is that if I think Latin directors, I can name off a few men, Mm -hmm. you know, but I can't think of like any female Latin directors. You know what I mean? Um, That's interesting. You know, Yeah, you think you think like maybe even Guillermo or Mm -hmm. like, you know, Oscar winners, but like, no, like none of them. And it's like a critics thing. So the critics Mm -hmm. do like do the movie thing. Right. And then the directors have their own poll, like directors mm-hmm. only. I think they're in that one, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're in the, like the official one hundred top one hundred. It's cool too because you can go and see which directors put like which Who was their number yeah. one, and you're like, what the fuck? But some of them that. are we should do that. Top, yeah. top ten films. Yeah, we'll we'll have our we'll, we'll contribute to the <laughs> sight and sound. Um, I watched one more movie um, outside of the ones that we watched together mm-hmm. that we'll talk about. Uh, well, I watched a couple, but I'll go into them because it's the same director. But uh, I saw finally on the big screen a movie that I have seen more times than I can count. Um, it was everything to me when I was a teenager, and even now it's so funny. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Okay, we can talk about it because it frustrates me so much that it's a great movie, and you have. A great, a bunch of great performances, great writing, so funny, and, and an awesome story about redemption. It's a total pilgrim's journey, but get it? Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's why you know, and uh, the texture of it, the sounds, like talk about sight and sound. You know what I mean? Like, it has so much fun with it. 
pitch perfect soundtrack like mm-hmm. like the editing is amazing the casting is all just perfect and it was released actually at the same time as the the graphic novels were coming out mm-hmm. um which is interesting so it has an alternate ending um but the problem is its fan base grossly misinterprets it and its haters also grossly misinterpret it as being like like okay with grooming and like with like being a horrible asshole all the time and being emotionally immature but it it's indicting that like it, mm. it's he is the villain and mm-hmm. he has to go on this like journey of redemption to become someone who is who has direction and who isn't aimless anymore it's so frustrating to me whenever everybody takes everything at face value there's no media literacy these days none zero zero media literacy which is great because i feel like in this age yeah. i feel like <clears throat> i feel like everything mm-hmm. is also overanalyzed right but oh then, yeah yeah because remember when mm-hmm. nope came out last year yeah i think that was a big thing everyone's like well i don't know how i feel about it there's a lot to think about but also it means like this is this is this and i was like people people would post like 30 minute analysis videos on youtube and it's like not that deep no it's really not you can go hey look it's the spectacle that's what it represents let the rest of that fall into place and it all makes sense you don't have to over over overthink every aspect of it and you can do that when you rewatch it and something else will click and you rewatch it something else will click yeah if you try to pick apart every single part of a film on your first viewing you are going to approach the medium in a, in a really unhealthy way that yeah. is not fun yeah. for anyone i think it kind of ruins the point of yeah the point and i'm of not it. against analysis but i am pro media literacy like like think about things not just from like an analytical standpoint and not just from a moralistic standpoint and, and approach it like really i mean look at licorice pizza right the discourse surrounding that movie is fucking insane and if you if you listen to anything that pta said it's it's a it's a amalgamation of his experiences growing up in that area in that Mm. time um he had a a friend who was with a babysitter who it was the same like kind of age gap he's totally in love with her that kind of thing he talks about his own experiences and infatuations with older girls and stuff at that time um and and then he incorporates that it's not necessarily a romanticization of that relationship as much as of the time period and of that dynamic right and and yet it's seen as like endorsing pedophilia Mm -hmm. which is crazy to me it's crazy to me like it doesn't endorse grooming pedophilia any of that if anything it's like super critical of that relationship and of that character alana himes character um oh god it's just it's so frustrating to me that 90 percent of movies have to like they can't depict anything bad or else it's seen as an endorsement or or a push of that thing yeah i agree yeah i think like film is like uh the medium where like you can show not anything but like you can like you it's a it's a visual way to learn Mm -hmm. how to you know you learn from oh yeah from things and like how bad a relationship could be Mm -hmm. due to age gap could be shown through that there's Exactly, like through film, not always endorsing it, Mm -hmm. but like criticizing it or being critical Mm -hmm. of certain things like race and like sexuality. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even necessarily have to because the story it's telling isn't the aftermath of him getting into a relationship with someone who's much older than him. The story is him 
pursuing her and trying to get with her and stuff, right? Like, it's not saying that that's okay. And what's what's interesting is that there's none of this hullabaloo, right? Mm -hmm. Love that word. Um, <laughs> about graphic murder, like all the time in every movie. Yeah. But that's not a. It's like. I hate you. I'm going to kill you. And I'm justified in doing it. And no one's going, well, let's think about that. Was that really an okay thing to do? <laughs> what? Like, And true no. crime. True crime is everywhere. People <laughs> right. love, love murder. They it's love like that. reactionary, anti-reactionaryism, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I don't know. I That's that. kind of convoluted. It just makes me mad. Sorry to rabbit hole. But I love Scott Pilgrim. I, You know, and I do think it it has had a negative impact on the world just because so many 15 year old boys thought that it was like oh okay cool i want to be just like him uh, i was one of those and when i was 15 i was like oh cool you know and then i was like what the fuck <laughs> like growing up it's like okay immediately you just realize okay he's a piece of shit like that's yeah. the whole point of it yeah yeah um yeah do you want to get into the movies that we watched together do you want to kick us off yeah. Mm -hmm. So last last time we left you off in some suspense, we were gonna watch a little movie called Asteroid City. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, Asteroid City. Let's get into it. Let's get yeah, into boy. it. Wes Anderson, 2023. That's weird. I've never heard anybody say 2023. <laughs> Just 2023. You know, no one ever says 2023. Isn't that crazy? It's kind of crazy. Oof. Ugh. Yeah, okay. Asteroid City. Um, How'd you feel? How'd you feel? I liked it. At mm -hmm. first, I had my reservation going mm -hmm. into it because I I saw some mixed reviews online. Mm -hmm. People being like, this movie is too Wes Anderson, like it's too stylized. Right. And that could be a downfall of certain things. Mm -hmm. But then again, I have little to none mm -hmm. Wes Anderson like experience or criticism right. because I haven't seen all his films. So I came in, I came out of it. I loved it. I thought yeah. it I thought it was great. I mm -hmm. thought it was a good time. I loved the 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 placement of mm -hmm. it. What's it called when it has like the beginning, the middle, and the, the anchor? Oh, uh, no, what's it called? A container. Is that what it's called? Yeah, like, like a, a container, container narrative where yes. it's black and white. Yes, love that. But those were my favorite parts. As I well. loved it. And mm -hmm. the beginning when he with uh, Brian Cranston was Oof. like takes place and the city comes back and they introduce the characters and they all have right. scripts and I was like well and that was kind of a twist in and of itself yeah, it, they buried that. the lead on that yeah, it, was, it was a play um, which was very cool but then it also kind of wasn't it was very interesting how they played with time um, now it, correct me if I'm wrong but this was like written and uh, optioned during COVID right that's when they kind of worked on the script and the idea of it I'm going to say yes but I don't know the um, correct thing because sure it is that. a quarantine narrative and I think what's really interesting is a lot of oh, people. It is. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people are criticizing. It's at least post-COVID. Either way, it's a quarantine narrative mm -hmm. post-COVID, and it has a lot of focus on community. And I think m both the biggest criticism I would have of it and its greatest strength, like it does what it set out to do, is that it feels unfocused because um, it's such a big ensemble. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I think it's trying to show community. You know, that there are all these players, all these different lives, and it's about existential aimlessness yeah. and finding direction in that. And it's ultimately very nihilistic, but it's like optimistic in that way, which I think is kind of something that Wes always does is like this nihilistic optimism where it's like nothing matters. We're doomed. But you know what? 
like oh and i don't you know minor spoiler i don't understand the play doesn't matter keep telling the story yeah you know that was a good line banger line that was a good line and, and hong chow's part loved oh. adrian brody's part like adrian, them yeah, playing her, off her each other hong chow's two minutes of screen time yeah no literally blew me away <laughs> them together that was my favorite emotionally charged part of the whole movie um and i've heard so many interpretations already speaking of over analyzing movies and stuff that have been like i'm like oh that's a really interesting interpretation but also like that's also kind of the point is that you don't need to hyper analyze it mm -hmm. just have fun with it it's funny i was thinking about it is, it is funny. yeah there's it's it feels a lot longer than it is and i think that's also on purpose i mean you look at quarantine narratives and quarantine feels yeah. a lot longer than it yeah, is yeah, yeah. you know it's super funny I, I was thinking about the vending machines i was talking to andres about that <laughs> It's really good and aesthetically he loved it if he didn't he was i really did love it it wasn't it's not my favorite wes it's really not i actually i'm gonna say it i don't understand the criticisms of it of french dispatch i like french dispatch more i don't understand the criticisms and i don't know i haven't seen it i don't get it it's such a I good remember when movie. it came out everyone was like wes anderson flop yeah they were but saying granted, that. like that was during COVID. Like, yeah, everything was a flop it flopped money wise but it was such a banger it was so funny it had some of his best characters and it did a similar thing where it was a bunch of characters. It was all over the place in multiple acts, mm -hmm. but it was tied together loosely by a, 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 a like a loose thread, and that was awesome. The way that it played out, it was like, oh, we're just having fun. Let's go. I love a good, I love a good film that. that does that. Yeah, I love them that has like big ensemble mm -hmm. cast that are different, but they all connect through yeah. one thing, whether it be like a city or like whatever it is. I think the reason that everyone, everyone in all of their reviews, if you look at any review on Letterboxd on Asteroid City, they say, we'll need a rewatch, like we'll be amazing on a rewatch, whatever, is because I think it was marketed as and, and is expected to be one thing and it's a completely different mm -hmm. thing. And on a rewatch, you know what you're getting into and you can really actually be ready for that. Because it doesn't sell itself to you as any one thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that is kind of to its detriment in a way. Because like with the French Dispatch, like I said, you know, they go, oh, we're going to have this completely unfocused narrative that's weaved together by the pages of a newspaper, mm -hmm. right? That's out of print or mm -hmm. something. And it just goes crazy. And you go, okay, I'm, I'm here for it. Like, I'm just going to have fun. And with Asteroid City, it doesn't let you ease into it or, or accept that like oh this is gonna be crazy you feel like you're gonna focus on this one character a lot and you don't so <laughs> it's interesting i i kind of liked mm -hmm. going in there and then the mm -hmm. first the first 30 seconds your expectations were blown because they yeah. was not spoiled at all yeah for me personally like yeah. i didn't get anything spoiled at all because like in this day and age spoilers everything gets leaked yeah and it's always nice to go into the movie and be surprised like genuinely surprised yeah for like in a good way you know like i was like i agree we were laughing we we're like oh my god like what is this we we're like yeah. having a good time and after that after the first black and white segment and it went to the the asteroid city mm -hmm. part you were like oh, i love this movie oh yeah it was yeah. so good it I was so a blast good. i really did have a blast and i i understand that it's not some people aren't loving it as much but i think wes anderson's weakest and it's not his this is not his weakest in my opinion but his weakest is still stronger than most like working directors like best mm -hmm. like right now what the studios are pushing out you know it's it's a little sad to say but he at least has style substance it's originality. recognizable originality um and he's not easy to mimic despite what the yeah, tiktokers no. want to tell you like no, yeah. it's so funny that like 
clips of Asteroid City are coming out now, and people are going, wait, this is what Wes Anderson is like? And it's all the same TikTokers who are like, yeah, I made I made a, a feature-length Wes Anderson movie. Uh, it's so funny that I can do it so easily, and he's so copyable. He's a total hack. It's like, what? Someone put it really well. They said, I don't understand this generation's mal- they, their malignance for like, and their, their hatred for the creators who give them content, mm-hmm. like for their directors and stuff. They're like, fuck this person, I could do it better. Like, why? whoa, <laughs> calm down. Just appreciate the art that they're putting out. Yeah, it's that age where everyone mm-hmm. was given everything. Yeah. And they think because TikTok and like mm-hmm. Vine. We're such right. boomers right now. I no, love this. I, we are, we are. <laughs> old. We're, no, but you're right, instant gratification. They're given that like instant, mm-hmm. like, you know, they can become celebrities overnight. Mm-hmm. I think that they can do that, mm-hmm. they can do anything. Not only that, but like we were just bored during COVID. Yeah, bitch. exactly, exactly. That's why I watch your videos a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of Wes Anderson's best and worst, I mean, I know you still got some more to see, but how would you rank the ones you've seen so far? Uh, I know it's tough. It's tough. It is tough. It's okay, not so a fair let me question. pull a list of what I've seen because I make sure I don't. I don't it's not a fair one. question to you. It's not a fair question to Wes. It's not. <laughs> okay, so I've seen five Wes Anderson films. So mm-hmm. the ones I've seen are The Grand Budapest Hotel, mm-hmm. Fantastic Mr. Fox, mm-hmm. Moonrise Kingdom, Rushmore, and Asteroid City. You've got a lot of them down, honestly. But I haven't seen, like, Royal Tenenbaums, The French Dispatch, Life Aquatic. Darjeeling. I, Darjeeling and Isle of Dogs and, you know. Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. That's what I really want to see. Bottle Rocket's black. I might just watch it soon. On, it's on you Max. Should. You should. It's on Max. It's uh, short. It's 90 minutes. Easy. Love yeah. a 90 minute movie. VMP style i'm down i'm down to vmp that one oh, i know i just rewatched it this week oh you don't have to do that don't worry about it no it's good um ugh, how do i rank these okay this is controversial i don't know okay so i think at the bottom would mm-hmm. have to be ugh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you can say whatever you want <laughs> judgment free zone um well i guess I guess number one would just be Fantastic Mr. Fox. I think. Yeah. Just because, like, Valid. it's not the first one I've seen. It's not the first one, but it is the cutest one. It's not in theaters, I think. I don't think I did. I love that movie. It's super cute. Love the dark humor in it. Like, and I love that it doesn't talk down to children. Yeah. It gives them, just like The Incredibles, if you give make a kid friendly movie that deals with real themes and, like, yeah, yeah, has real, like, Conversations exactly. It's good for them, and, and this might change our watch model. But right now, this is what it is. Um, I would say Rushmore be number two. Real valid. Um, I went in and not thinking I would like it, uh-huh. and then I ended up really liking it. The more I think about, it, the more I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, Grand Budapest Hotel be number three. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have to have it high. Yeah. I feel like that has to be. It's like his magnum opus yeah. of, of cinematography, film, filmography, not cinematography, filmography. I think so. I would agree um, with that. It's like everyone loves it. It's always praised. It's his best. Some of the I think there. it's probably his best. It's not my favorite. Yeah. Fair. Mm-hmm. Moonrise Kingdom number four, mm-hmm. because that's the first West Anderson movie that mm-hmm. I saw in theaters. Yeah. Uh, my parents dragged me to go see it. I said, "Let's see this movie." And I was like, <laughs> uh, "I was 2012. I was in high school." I said, "Yeah, no, this is lame." I see that. I was, like, I was like, "This movie looks stupid." We all laughed. We were laughing. Have a good time. My dad, yeah. my parents loved it. It's great. So I always have, a, I just have a good memory attached to this movie. I think it's why oh, yeah. I like this movie so much. And then I guess Asteroid City would be mm-hmm. number 
both number five yeah yeah that's valid i'm gonna go favorite to least favorite french dispatch royal tenenbaums grand budapest also three but i do think it's his best um fantastic mr fox rushmore bottle rocket moonrise kingdom darjeeling i love i honestly put should have put it high i don't know man i love darjeeling i love all of these movies that's my disclaimer is that it my least favorite is i love dogs and that's maybe the that's only because like like i still love that movie like it's still a great movie you know what i mean it's just not it doesn't really hit for me um and life aquatic is right above that i don't know okay. if that's, that's a really weird way to present a list but <laughs> <laughs> i've seen uh for context all of the main like all of his feature length features yeah and i've seen most of his short films um yeah yeah no i need to get on it um but i'm getting there i'm getting there i love that he he tackles the road doll stuff so much and he seems intent to keep doing that maybe Big he'll fan. do some james and the giant peach i hope so um he's doing a 30 minute netflix one coming out at the end of the year yeah which like, is exciting with that one's Michael Sarah. Uh, that one's called henry sugar Henry Sugar, which yeah. is I think a short story collection, so it's gonna be a little anthology thing, I believe. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Henry Sugar, yeah, yeah. So that'll be fun. It's only thirty-seven minutes mm-hmm. though, so I can't beat that. Yeah. So Asteroid City is your least favorite of them so far. So far, I think that's valid. I mean, aesthetically, I would say it's probably my least favorite, um, because it just I don't love the sun bleached fifties aesthetic very much. Yeah. But I love that it's so distinct. Um, but yeah. I did like it a lot. I liked. I the liked vibe it. I did like it. I gave it four stars in that heart. You gave it four and a half stars. I did give it four and a half stars. I did like it. A lot. And I went home and I was just writing, and I haven't written in a long time. Every time I watch a West movie, I'm, I'm it kicks into my creative urge. You know, I, I want to see the Royal Tenor Bombs a lot. Those I want to see the most are the French Dispatch, mm-hmm. Bottle Rocket, mm-hmm. the Royal Tenor Bombs. Watch them, and also because Zach, Zach loves Life Aquatic. Life Aquatic, and you know, that's Russell's favorite too. And Life Aquatic gets more hate it. than it deserves. It just doesn't connect with me too much. There's parts that I really like, um, and I love the aesthetic. It probably is my favorite aesthetic of all of that's them. That's what I heard. It's like really yeah, pretty. It's the really cool. It's kind of bland. Yeah, I would agree. Although there's some, it's it's based on, obviously, Jacques Cousteau, Zissel, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he's kind of this ruffian character who's love like... It gets criticism and he like pulls out his gun and is like what the fuck do you know about anything you don't know anything about anything <laughs> I, w- I always like i always know it because this little red cap it's yeah. a very it's a very willem dafoe in that yeah posing. so he's like classic yeah, classic. yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, i'm not can't let chat with this either oh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome to rewatch that i had it on dvd and i have not been able to find it it was at my parents house and i've i just have searched everywhere i have no you idea on, where it you is you got it in criterion I'll have to rebuy it. It was one of those really thin DVD cases too. Oh, I, yeah. I like those. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that <laughs> Nacho Libre, super thin <laughs> like that. That's <laughs> um, um, another good movie. Another good Nacho movie. Nacho Libre. Weird casting. <laughs> yeah, Jack Black. Yeah, <laughs> he I sells it. it. I looked it up to make sure it wasn't racist, and yeah. it's not because he was a uh, Swedish or like a European orphan left there. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that makes so sense. So he's okay. like Nordic or something. I didn't actually know that. Yeah, well, cause I, we talked about it. I said. Before I say this movie, is this movie racist? Yeah, I was a little worried. I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he was like an orphan. 
left there. I'm trying to see if I missed anything else. I did. I did rewatch Bottle Rocket and I rewatched Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, Bottle Rocket by myself, really fun. I watched most of it. I will say I didn't quite finish it this time because um, it was after Asteroid City. I went home. It was <laughs> like 4 a.m. I was falling asleep. I wanted to give it due justice, but I, I watched like 70 minutes of the 90. So, um, and I've seen it twice before, so I know how it ends. Great movie. Um, I think it's one of the line delivery. It's, it's a lot quieter than his other movies. It's a lot less distinct, but it still has that same humor. That's so funny. They just say things like my, my most recent review. What does he say? I had a party here, man. I made some banana daiquiris for these here folks, man. Like the, just the way that they just say things is so funny. To me. I don't know. I, don't I know. love the Wilson brothers and they mm-hmm. brought back to Wes Anderson movies because they haven't been there for all three are in this one. And oh yeah. And Model mm-hmm. Rocket. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, and as a writing duo, too. Let's see. What else did we say we were going to talk about today? We talked about Astro City. Astro City. Good movie. Go see it in theater. It needs to be seen in theaters, I think. Yeah. It's just too oh, yeah. to not be seen. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I feel like every, I'm, see. every movie needs to be seen in the theaters. I, I agree. Speak. Okay, that's something we can talk about. Extraction 2. <laughs> Maybe, you know, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you know who so, has seen it? Jordan. Oh, Jordan seen yeah. it? Yeah. Austin saw that work too. Yeah. Server Austin. I mean, people are talking about it. Extraction may not be like the most Oscar worthy series of all time, but they're, they have fun with choreography. They want to present a, an, an a traditional, you know, action movie. And it's sort of safe relative off the back of like John Wick and The Raid, but it's still doing its own thing. And I don't love, I didn't love the first one. I thought it was cool. At the time, I loved it. But on a rewatch a couple years ago, I didn't love it. Um, 20, I want to say like 16 or 17. Um, but yeah, it. this one has like a long like one take. 2020? <laughs> what? Was Chris it? Extraction? Yeah. Yeah, 2020. 2020? <laughs> yes. What the fuck? I could have sworn I was in high school when that came out. In 2023, Extraction 2. That's crazy. Okay, I'm tripping balls. Um, no, I, I really... I The first one is like... There's some cool fight scenes like with a knife and stuff. Apparently, this one really steps it up. They've got like a prison break sequence that I've heard is a one take, and it's like 20 minutes, and they shot it over four months. That's crazy. Yeah, and I know that there's digital composites going on in there, yeah. but I think there's actually part of that is like a complete one take. Um, with him like getting on a truck or something they're shooting turrets it looks like a video game it's awesome but not in like a bad way like the flash um <laughs> so I, I i'm gonna sit down and watch it soon but it's got a high rating in the first one on letterbox yeah i mean people are enjoying it and the the just crazy thing to me is that it's the most big screen movie ever from everything that i've seen and it's not on big screen it's not presented in imax it's not presented in in i don't I don't understand that's, the streamers like that's the streaming. I don't understand why they would make a movie that feels made for the big screen and lock it down. I mean, this happened with um, oh Jesus, uh, not Primal. Uh, it was Predator. Oh, Prey. Prey. Yes, it happened with Prey. We love that movie. I love Prey. That was a good movie. Oh my God, so sick. Anti-colonizer <laughs> like <laughs> narrative, so sick. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think I think theaters are at risk. As always, they've they been always at risk since yeah. the eighties. Yeah. So, but they're still they're still still in business. kicking, still doing it. Um, 
Yeah, so that's just basically we're gonna go over some like quick little maybe some articles that we found. Mm-hmm. There's one thing I wanted I went to I went to dissect with you. I thought oh. it was really funny. Okay. Um, Variety has released their top ten films of the year. Is that the list that you yeah, sent last that's night? Yeah, the list I sent you. What the fuck was that list? It is. It is. That is the most insane it, thing I've ever seen. <laughs> some of it is correct. Some of it I don't know where they got this. From. How did they decide on that? So the list consists of Air, mm-hmm. the Eight Mountains, which we both want to see. We do both want to see. Flame and Hot, which I heard was good from the festivals. You know, it's not a true story. Not at all. Was it not? He didn't invent Flame and Hot Cheetos at all. It's crazy. Heard that. Uh, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. I still need to see it. I know I'm going to hate it. Little Richard, I Am Everything. I don't even know what that is. Operation Fortune, Rude de Guerre. That's the other Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie on this list twice. That's crazy. Yeah. Past Lives, which I Truth. agree with. That should be number one. It's not about a quarter. Yeah. Uh, Polite Society, still which I still want to see. I do want to see. Skinnamarink, which we did see. I just feel like the placement of that is crazy. And then Spider-Man Across the Universe. So this is an order from... Across Spider-Verse. From, wor- like, not worst, but, like, number 10 to number... I think it's from alphabetical order. This list. I don't think there's no ranking for it. Oh. Oh, you're right. Okay, that makes it better, because I thought they put Skin Marine as the second best of the year, and I was like, what? <laughs> No, Dude, I don't are they think. On? Who wrote this article? I'm clicking on this. Uh, click on. I'm on it too. The writer of this. Expose yourself. Yeah. So Peter DeBruge, Owen Gliberman, Gliberman. Sorry. They're they're both old. Of course, they love air. I'm old. I loved air. You are old. So I'm yeah. old in my soul. I just want to know how they got. No, that's their order. What do you mean? That's their order. It's the same order in the article. It's alphabetical order, Grayson. Why would they do the 10 best and not rank it? I don't know. Maybe they just don't want to You're rank crazy. This, is, this has to be... This has to be kind of a joke. PS. At least a little bit. I mean, let's see. What would, you, what would you say are your top 10 films of the year so far? Oh, I have a list. Do you really? Yeah. I've I up, don't. I update it every time I watch a movie. I, will, I, can, I can make it... I can like think of it really quickly. Go, um, Grayson. Go. Okay. Let me, let me pull it up. Number one, Past Lives. Facts. Number two, John Wick 4. Facts. Three, Asteroid City. Okay, facts. Creed 3. Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, didn't see that one. Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Oh, that was cute. Gardens of the Galaxy, Volume 3. That's a good one. Magic Mike, it's The Last Dance. <laughs> Air and Evil Dead Rise. Those are my top ten right now. Now I have the others, too. Every, every new movie from 2023 that I have seen, because I haven't seen a lot of them. I haven't seen Polite Society. I haven't seen... Quite I feel like I've seen a lot. There's a lot that I'm missing this year. I've seen because last year I saw a shit ton. I've seen 18, and my least favorite of the year so far, because everyone's wondering, is Ant Man: Quantumania. We know uh, they have a new cover for it. It's the Criterion. <laughs> <laughs> is that Modoc? Yeah, it's Modoc. Uh, if I had to rank the ones that I've seen so far, and I haven't seen a lot this mm-hmm. year, so mm-hmm. this, is, this is a different list than Grayson's. Um, past lives, real. Uh, Spider-Man into the Spider across the Spider Verse, real. John Wick Four, real. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. You're valid. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. I would say Creed Three. Okay, interesting. Um, I would put it higher, but that's I know you would. You you did put it higher. (laughs) Um, See, because I haven't seen a lot of these. Also, I didn't make this list. I'm just scrolling through through my. In. 
I've only seen like 10 movies. (laughs) (laughs) Rate what I have seen. Uh, Six would be Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. Scream Six. (laughs) Okay. Um, Cocaine Bear. Interesting. Sleeper Hit. I think that's a good. That was good. I think it's good that it's down there. I think it's good that it's down there. Uh, Number nine, Infinity Pool. Infinity Pool. That's really interesting. I didn't love it. Infinity Pool way higher, even though I didn't love it. But I didn't hate it, but also I'm trying to think. The low cocaine bear is a little interesting to me. (laughs) (laughs) Cocaine bear was more fun. I liked it on a first watch. I knew I was going to hate it. And then I was pleasantly surprised. And then with time, I soured on it again. That checks out from you. Yeah. I really, (laughs) I've lowered that rating like by a half star three times. I think it's at like two and a half now. But I also went through and lowered like all of my ratings. Grayson, 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 Grayson. It's at three. Three? It's going to lower it tonight. It's a two and a half for me. (laughs) I I will. Every time I think about that movie, I want to lower it to half star. Um, I want to give it one and a half. I guess the Mario movie. The Mario movie, that low? Really? No, I think that's valid. I think that's valid. It's a, it was a fun. It was a fun movie to it's watch just, with your friends. It's the same movie that Illumination has made ten times. Exactly. It's got the same three needle drops. Um, God damn, I hate that. And they're gonna do it with Legend of Zelda. Oh god. Because I still want to see Knock of the Cabin. I still want to see. I do want to see that. Well, Barbie's coming out. Just just. Ooh, I can't wait. Oppenheimer. I'll watch eventually. Well, <laughs> not not opening day. <laughs> no. Really. You don't have, you're not like super excited. I don't even like Christopher Nolan that much. I'm stoked. I think I, just, I, awesome. I want to, I want so I want you to watch it first and tell me how it is, or if we go together because how this movie's like three hours long about okay. them making a bomb. Okay, blow me up. That sounds miserable. You're crazy. <laughs> you're crazy. You know what other movie is three hours long? Avatar Two: Way of Water. And you know what? Masterpiece. Yes, but it's different. It's an adventure action piece. Yeah. This is about white people blowing up minorities. Okay, okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. I'll see it. Yeah, I'll, I'll see it. Tilda Swinton is Einstein. Great, it's great casting. <laughs> on the nose, a little. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little on the nose. That's funny. Um, it should have been Tilda Swinton as Killian Murphy as <laughs> Oppenheimer. <laughs> Tilda Swinton as the bomb. Yeah, first name Oppen, last name Heimer. <laughs> Oppenheimer. Uh, I want to see Elemental. Dune comes out this year. Mm-hmm. I see Blackberry. Dune. Blackberry, yeah. Blackberry is up there for me. That was 11. Oh, really? Yeah. I need to watch it. Poor things. I just Poor things. Think, I'm so excited. Well, the, thing, the thing that sucks about this year is last year we got all the small movies. Mm-hmm. There's not, this year we're getting no small movies. Um, I feel like the thing is I, I, we don't have as many as last year, sure. But the thing is last year there was nothing except small movies. So they had the spotlight. Whereas this year, there's about the same amount, but they don't have the spotlight because of all the blockbusters. All we have to hear about all the time is the underperformance of The Flash, the underperformance of Shazam, the underperformance of Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. And no one's talking about past lives. No one's talking about, like, you know, no one's going to talk about Problemista when it comes out. I want to see that one. You're going to hear it in indie spheres, but you're not going to, like... We are the indie sphere. Right. It's not getting the limelight that, like, Tar Tar was able to get last year because... But Tar also got Oscar buzz, which yeah. kind of helped. Yeah. All, like, there were no other options for them. And if you look at the Oscar contenders last year, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's hard to pick any favorite from that list. Yeah, they were all they were all top, they were all amazing. top of the game. Um, yeah, they were all amazing. It wasn't like the year before. Uh, I don't remember the year uh, before. The year before was... 
Dakota won. Oh yeah, which yeah, is yeah, like yeah. fine. I have nothing against that movie. It just wasn't oh, the best movie. Champion, no, Campion, Jane Campion, one yeah. best director. It Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog, which was amazing. Uh, I did love Power of the Dog, but it had a it had that uh, Kenneth Branagh film that like kind of sweeped a little bit, even though it was so mid. Was it called Dublin? No, Belfast. Belfast, yeah. Belfast. I, it was was I forgot. Okay. Oh, fuck that movie. I'm kind of remembering it now. I'm kind of remembering it now. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that we're halfway through the year. Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, there's all the big releases are going to come out later. Like, yeah. We're getting Mission. <laughs> we're get- <laughs> Sorry, I got so excited. We're getting Mission Impossible Damn 7. <laughs> this year's crazy for me because my favorite blockbusters are John Wick, yeah. Creed, yeah. And Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible. Those are and, and Avatar. It's Grace and Boy Well, nothing came out this year. I know. Unfortunate. But Next year. But it came out pretty recent. So, but this this year I had so much to look forward to and it was amazing. Like, I have not been let down yet. And apparently, Mission Impossible 7, people are seeing it, early screenings, and they were all saying that it is um, back to a spy film. It's very much a spy hmm. film. Yeah. So okay. that's exciting. Well, I haven't seen the rest of them, so spoilers, Grayson. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just kidding. I can't wait to watch Ghost Protocol with you. It was good. We talked about some Wes Anderson. Some Wes Andes. Yeah. If I had to recommend one film for you guys to watch this week, it'd be La Cienega on the Criterion Channel. That's good. That's good. Support support Latin directors. If I had to recommend one for this week, I would say Twilight Eclipse. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) kidding. I would say uh, go check out either Scaffold. I go check out Scaffold. Cutaway is great too. um, From Kazik Radwanski, short film on Criterion. You could probably find it on YouTube too. I don't know. Um, Yeah, very short. Won't take up too much of your time, and I think I think it'll make you feel something. Yeah, finally a short episode. <laughs> <laughs> Support indie directors. Support indie films. Next yeah. week, who knows? We might have a special guest on. Yeah. next episode. Maybe we're Maybe. talking about it. We're Maybe thinking we're about it. We're thinking about it. We're brewing something we're, up. We're stirring a pot. We're stirring up a little pot. Once the schedule comes out today, we'll figure out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have on the podcast. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Ha, 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 ha.